is a podcast featuring active service members who discuss thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion is Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pit Talk, pulling pits and opinions. With your host, Gunny G, on this morning edition, uh, we got a morning drive with uh, a special guest by the name of Gunner Sergeant Allen and Lasara, hailing in from Camp Pendleton, California. Uh, can you say what's up? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Pit Talk listeners. Uh, hey, I think thanks for uh, taking my phone call this morning, man. I want to really talk about um, adversity and resilience, and I know you're transitioning out, and I want to, I want you to use your experience to educate young service members and, and, and let them know really what it is that we face um, so that they know that, you know, the transparency and honesty at our level and mm-hmm. say, look, ladies and gentlemen, we, we go through the same things a little different than you, but we want to use it. We want to use your experience out and, and educate the young service members. Um, in Absolutely. Terms of that, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it for taking the phone call. So, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening now, this is a morning edition. I, I got him on the phone this morning. Um, and I got him before we went to work, so I appreciate you taking this phone call. Can you share some of uh, some of the duty stations that you found personally most challenging in your military career now that you're retiring and transitioning out? Absolutely. So uh, over the span of uh, 20 years, I would say that um, I had two duty stations that were probably most challenging um, for me. Um, one of them, I would say, would be Iwakuni. Um, we were stationed there? That's right. We were. We were. And then uh, what's the other one? And the other one I would say is currently where I'm at right now, is which is Camp Pendleton. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more specifically about those, uh, you know, specific adversities and hardships that you'd encounter in that duty station. Like, what exactly it, it is at the level of leadership that you were at in Iwakuni and now mm-hmm. the level of leadership that you're at now at, at Camp Pendleton, the difference between the two and or how they similar, how are they sure. similar? And you know, what type of adversity did you face there? Um, so for Iwakuni, right? Um, Iwakuni, it was, we had two billets um, and I had to work with another staff and CO and, and we were both staff, staff servants at the time. Um, but you can just tell that the level of experience and leadership, even though he's been in longer than me, um, it was just completely different. And what I mean by that is, um, and he knows it cause we've, we've had these conversations, but like I had to pick up a lot of his slack. Um, so if there were taskers that he was given and he couldn't complete, whether he didn't know how to, or he couldn't execute, like I would always kind of take the brunt of it or sometimes it seemed that he would overcomplicate things and it really didn't have to be that complicated. You know, we just have to um, digest what our leadership gives us and execute the way we know how. Um, And sometimes it it would be a challenge for him. So in turn, I had to do what I needed to do for my billet at the same time, kind of cover down on him and make sure that he needed, that he had what he needed done. 
um, especially when it came to reports, because we all know there are some staff and SEALs out there that just cannot write reports to save their lives. And then, you know, when it comes across the leadership's desk and they look at it, it's like, what is this? Kick it back. And then, you know, then you, and then you just start doing that, that, that cycle of, you know, you try to turn something in that needs, that needs to be submitted and then it gets back. Well, then we get it back. And now I need to take my time and go over it with them. And, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm not a staff and CEO that is willing to help out another staff and CEO, but we all know the deal. At some point in time, it just, it just becomes too much and you just want to, you know, look at that person, and be like, dude, you, you really got to figure this out. You know, yeah. you really got to either put in the time to learn it or figure out what you need to do in order to make it happen. And, you know, and I'll be there to assist, but I don't want to be here doing it for you. And at the same time, I don't want to have to look across the way and, and see my fellow staff and CEO like down because he can't execute something either. So I think for me, I think it was just personally challenging, especially the leadership that, that we did have at the time. Um, it was, it, it, it wasn't toxic. It was just what they expected. Just a lot of it. Plus on that entire installation, like we were it, you know, especially during the holiday season. I mean, when I used to take, you know, do uh, specific operations to kind of help out the, the community and whatnot. And still at the same time, um, go back and help with the staff and CEO. So for me, it, it just, I just dealt with a lot of um, challenges that way. But at the same time, I think I de- developed a lot of personal growth for myself, too. And um, it really made me refocus what I wanted to do or what I wanted to continue to do in the Marine Corps. Because mm. it just, you know, because it, it, it would be some late nights, man. Like, I would, we would stay there 18, 1900. And really, in that duty station, like you, you shouldn't have to because it's, you're you're in Japan, one of the most beautiful countries in the world, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I'd rather go do that with my family, vice being at work. But there was there were times where I would come in early because you know, let's say we have to make a call to the states to fix some of our um, our equipment that we had. Um, I'd have to probably go in about midnight or come back um, and make phone calls and, and take care of stuff that way. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I I remember too, cause I we we used to hang out there a little bit, and then we you know we knew somebody through we mutual friends. Um, and I remember too, he was yes, that place sucky for a little bit for you guys. I remember too. Um, what's so what's so challenging about Camp Pendleton, and what's the difference? So, Camp Pendleton is where I drop retirement papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think coming off the so prior to Camp Pendleton, I was on the drill field, uh-huh. um, right? And that's where you and I shared some some time in the trenches. Um, but I think, you know, when we come off the drill field, I don't think we as prior hats are expecting what we're going to get when we get to the fleet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we get back to the fleet. I get orders to Pendleton, show up to Pendleton. And I'm like... What in the corrections? No corrections, nothing. What is going on? You know, huh. and you know, just in that span of like three years, I'm like, what? You know, what? What were we, were we all just doing over there? And then you know, you come and see the the um, the fruit of your labor, and you're like, oh my goodness. And, <laughs> I mean, and I, and you know, I catch I catch recruits that were my recruits now, um, 
you know, and I talk to him, I still have some of them on social media and we kind of discuss and, um, I remember catching some of them with, with having earrings on Liberty. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And I didn't want to be that guy. So I didn't want to hit him up like directly. So, you know, I kind of DM'd him and just let him know, Hey man, you can't be doing that. But you know, everyone has their, their excuses in the book. So, um, the challenging part for me was, well, that really transitioning from doing what we just did to, I guess, a quote unquote fleet Marine, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. I just, Yo, you, you were thoroughly indoctrinated and you brought that to Camp Pendleton, huh? Oh, bro. I tried, man. I mean, I get a lie. I, I still eat at the chow hall, right? And I ate at the chow hall just to make corrections every now and again. You can ask my staff and CEO. And it is completely okay. Yes. 13 area oh. chow hall. They already know because I introduced myself before I made the correction every single time. Whether it's coming in with freaking sleeves down, when they should be sleeves up, when you're coming in with your freaking cover on or whatever. Or if you're walking from the parking lot to the freaking chow hall line with your cover off because you think it's cool. Dude, so many corrections can be made, so I make really subtle corrections at the chow hall. And, um, you know, just because it needs to be done. Hey, everybody, hey. That's a future first heart in the in the works, but you're transitioning now, so maybe not. <laughs> I, am. So, I am. So let me let me ask you this though, Al. Yeah. Uh, those challenges. Uh, how does that, I I I can read between the lines. How is that impacting you both professionally and prefer, personally now? Uh, so professionally, I'm gonna retire. <laughs> <laughs> personally. Hey man, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna spend so much more time with my family. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, Israel. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, it, you know, the Marine Corps didn't make me want to retire, but I was selected for mass mass sergeant on the FY22 board. No, congratulations, FY23 board. Thank you. I was selected for Mass Sergeant, had a number um, of 899. Now, bro, when I saw that list and I saw 899 next to my name, I thought I got selected for First Sergeant. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> I had to go back and read that more. I was like, oh, dude, that's just my number. I'm a Mass Sergeant. Like, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, yeah, so, so, so I got selected. Um, as soon as I got selected, monitor hits me up. It's like, Hey man, I need you to move to Lejeune. Like a day or two after I, I, the, the message came out, and I'm like Lejeune. And I was trying to work with my monitor. Like, man, you know, I just left the drill field. Like I just got to Pendleton and he was like, well, yeah, but you PCA. So your, your tour actually started back in 2018. And you know, it's already 2022 at the time. Oh God. Semantics anyways. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. I was like, okay. Um, then my monitor gives me an ultimatum. It's like, you can either retire. If you retire by this date, if you don't retire by this date, um, then I'm going to issue you orders. And you know that once they issue you orders and you try to deny them after they issue the orders, then you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because now you have to, you're going to end up EASing instead of retiring because they're going to make you, um, yeah, yes, immediately. Like you're, they're not going to be, they're not going to let you go until your um, AES date. Yeah. Anyways, um, so that really humbled me, and 
you know, I, I spoke to my wife, uh, spoke to the kids and what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to uproot something good that my kids had going on. Cause my kids were already in sports. They've already been here since 2018. Um, they've already had their friends that they've grown up with. Like they're in high school. My oldest is a junior. She's 17 years old. And I have, uh, my second one is, um, a sophomore, uh, 15 years old. And then I have two, two little ones, all girls, right? Girl dad. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to take that away from them, you know, cause they've moved from when they were young and switched schools. How many times that I needed that I wanted them to have stability. Um, and then even for my wife, um, as a real estate agent, she has something going on great here as well. Um, and then I think the challenging part for me was I wanted to be a Marine still like I, you know, cause I earned the rank, I got it, but I really had to think about my family. Mm. And I, I didn't want to uproot my family, change everything that they have going on just to satisfy my personal thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm granted, you know, granted they would have maybe gotten over it, but you know, I think we really set ourselves up to retire and, um, I, like I said, I talked to my wife about it. There was no way that I was going to do an un- unaccompanied tour because that was the other option. It was like, all right, guns, if, if you don't want to go to Lejeune, if you can do an unaccompanied tour to Okinawa or Iwakuni or something, I'm like, no, nah, I ain't doing that either because my, my kids need me. My wife definitely needs me, you know, to take the kids wherever they got to go, plus all their sports that they're into. Like, no, nah, that's not going to cut it. So, like, okay. I am going to retire. I'm going to submit for retirement. And, you know, even though I got selected and I think, you know, I tell that story to people are like, dude, but you got selected. Like, why wouldn't you want to stay any longer? Cause it's not worth it, man. It is not worth putting my family through that heartache about just uprooting everything that they know now and trying to build the uh, build stability just to go somewhere else. Let me, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you talk about, that same story with monitors. Like, I think everybody has the monitors. Oh. And, you know, I, I, I can see and I can feel the passion and the emotion of a Marine that wants to stay in, that wants to stay here. He's got it. He's settled here. They just let me stay here for another four. I'm already done pretty much. You know what I mean? That's just one side of the coin. But then I also think about the, how many hard conversations does that monitor have to tell people? Yeah, no? right. You know what I mean? Like how yeah. many Marines does he really have to service? Staff NCO is great. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that side of the uh, that side of the aisle, but then I realize, then I think about, oh, man, talent management. You know what I mean? Like talent management. Are we really, in my opinion, again, I'm not saying that's my case, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I choose the Marine Corps tells me where to, it gives me three options, and I choose one. And either love it or hate it, I chose it. Didn't bother me. You know, I make the best of it. I like I like where me and my family's going. Every three years, we move somewhere. Yeah. New somewhere different, you know, and we do it all over again, right? And we like it, right? And that's not everybody's, you know, cup of tea, but everybody has the same period. When they drop papers, it's not because they don't want to be Marines anymore. Right. It's because they were given an ultimatum and whether I know the full story, whether you know the full story, whether even Marines Marines and service members admit the full story, it's kind of like you either do it or you don't. I don't want to hear it kind of thing. That's basically what I hear all the time. Right. And it's unfortunate that that's what it is because um, 
young Marines don't have strategies, support systems, or even lessons learned. Um, Al, can you, you know, one last hurrah and tell us what, if you had anything to say to the Marines right now and service members that are in your, in your boat right now, mm-hmm. give them the tools that they need. What, what, are, what strategies, what support systems, what lessons learned uh, can they, can they use from your experience to persevere through theirs? Um, the strategies I would give them or more so the support is you really have to ask yourself if, you know, what you're willing to do to continue being a Marine and in, in your current, in the lifestyle that you have right now, you know, um, because this is just one situation compared to many others that can be completely different and it may work out to their, to their benefit. But if you really look at the bigger picture in the second, third and fourth cause and effect of your decision that you're going to make right now, um, if you're able to do that and you're able to still come back, circle back to like, okay, this is going to be a good move or, okay, this is not going to be a great move. Um, you will definitely, you would find that answer. You know what I mean? Like for yourself. And then a lot of my, a lot of my support system was obviously my family. Um, and then I had those hard conversations with, um, my senior leadership and, you know, even though they are like, they obviously know who the monitor is and they have conversations with them and stuff like that. Um, like they're just a good, great source of help. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, I am a spiritual man. I do mm-hmm. believe that there is a higher being. Like I, I really just kind of sat down and, and prayed about it. And I waited for things to show up in my life to tell me like, Hey, you're making the right steps or you're doing the right things. Um, and that, that has happened for me. Um, and honestly, like I feel so much at ease. Like I don't feel the stress, um, of getting out and, you know, and like, I don't have like a hundred thousand dollars saved away in stocks. And I have like this whole life cycle plan or anything crazy like that. Um, it's just a peace of mind of knowing myself, my attitude and, my mental, I guess, capacity and state to be able to get through things, get over things, um, and make things happen for my family. Cause if there's anything that's not going to happen while I transition out is letting my family fail or, or feel any type of suffering or anything like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but resources wise, like I said, I used my leadership. I prayed about it and I spoke to my family. I was open and honest with my family. Yeah, family. So even if you're not married, if you're the ones listening to the single folks, you know, your mm-hmm. support system is very important, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, life decisions are important. You should share them with the closest people in your circle, you know. Absolutely. I mean? And so uh, I do appreciate that you put your family first, man, because at your point in your career, you know, whether you do 20 or 30, is it worth, is the juice worth the squeeze to transition your family over and over for 10 more years? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so please, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know and if you don't do it, uh, use your support system. If you're if you if you're holistic being you like spiritual, uh, you know, well-being, pray about it. Do what you got to do. But, you know, tell and be transparent with the ones closest to you Mm -hmm. so that a good decision is made. Right. Because, again, not everybody's going to do 20, but not everybody's going to do eight and not everybody's going to do 12, 13. You know what I mean? For Mm -hmm. your path, your career, Al, I think we can agree that. 
those are the best tools absolutely in terms of making life decisions so you know and uh i i think you said something really key uh is is that being completely transparent like you what you don't have to do is try to hide anything like you know whether it's your finances or, or whether it's anything crazy because i think that's like probably one of the number one reasons that a lot of marines and in, in my opinion um that a lot of marines don't get out is because they don't feel that their finances are up to par or um they just don't have things lined up but you know if you're completely transparent about what you are trying to do or your goals and you're transparent about your current situation when you're discussing this with close friends i'm not talking about the people that are like leaves and blow with the wind i'm talking about the you know the tree stumps like the people that have been there and know you mm. um, and your family especially um, who have may have got, gone through this before, but just being completely transparent, because if you're, if you're not transparent and let's say that, you know, you're saying this, however, this is going on in your, in your life and it doesn't line up. Like you kind of, then again, put yourself in a bind because now you're not getting the resources that people could give you because they think in their mind that you're good. Like, oh, he's good. He has everything locked on. He just told me that he's going to do X, Y, and Z. It's the same thing we do with, with with uh when junior marines tell the nco you know what's going on and then the nco then translates that to the um staff nco right and then lo and behold the staff nco then asks the junior marine the question and is like cause something completely different you, you know what i mean have you ever yeah. uh, experienced that yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then you have to go back through it again so you know um being transparent is, is definitely key hey ladies and gentlemen if you just tuned in support system transparency and uh spiritual well-being all those three play a part in, in making life decisions if you don't have them if they're not sound get them there um al th- thanks for uh taking my phone call this morning i appreciate it again oh, of course man. i gotta get to work i'm sure you do too so i appreciate sure. the phone call um and if you're listening uh listen from the beginning it's not too long it's the morning edition with gunny garcia and uh alan Nersar on pit talk pulling pits and the pins uh, ladies and gentlemen uh we out. All right, Have a good day, dog. See you later. Man. Yeah, boy. Yes, sir. Students, you are now in your prep time. Your prep time has ended. With the magazine of 15 rounds, make it condition one weapon. Is the line ready? The line is ready. Shooters firing five rounds in a time limit of 60 seconds. Stand by. Contact. Podcast featuring active service members to discuss their thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and history. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, you are discretion advice.